Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello and welcome to another episode that I forgot the number of, but I'm excited. Either way, we have Basia Schechter, which is like, it was really exciting. because Thank you. What's crazy about having you on is that I've heard your name so many times and everyone talks about you all the time. What do they say? Of, they say good, <laughs> good things. Seriously. No, but it's like, because when I came to Brooklyn and uh, like six years ago, you know, I was just like, I came here and I was just like, who do I connect with spiritually, uh, with uh, creatively? Like I was looking for creative Jews, creative spiritual Jews, whatever. And um, uh, your name just came up a million times. And especially and it took you six years to get in touch I with know. me. <laughs> That's why I do these podcasts is so that I can have, like, so I can get people like you in, you know, and talk to you. You're, you're, you're busy, right? So. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> we'll talk very, about that. I'm very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so it's so good to meet you. Good and to meet have you. you around. And uh, yeah, excited to talk. Um, why don't you tell me, tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, well, I do right now, I could tell you what I'm doing now. And then if you need to have some back references, Love we it. can go Let's do like that. past, future, present, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sounds good. All the time, uh, <laughs> eras that we can go through. Love it. So right now, um, I have a full-time job as, um, as a cantor chazan at Romamu, which is, uh, uh, it's like. It's a very kind of spiritually alive, amazing shul on the Upper West Side. Yeah. Amazing community, just absolutely um, present, vibrating, prayerful, spiritually seeking, adventurous in all kinds of ways. And yeah. um, I'm there mostly from like, you know, most of the year. And then in the summer, I'm a cantor in a much smaller shul on Fire Island. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Cool. Um, and yeah. it's like a little small shul that's awesome also. <laughs> and we and we have like, and we have our own nesach. It's like kind of banjo nesach. Wow. Um, Shul Magid is a rabbi there. Um, and Oh, really? Yep. And um, it's, uh, yeah, and so it's, it's, I have two different, uh, that's like my, mm. my outer structure. Then um, besides that, I am now a single mother. And so Mazel I'm. Tov. Thank you, thank you. He's amazing. Can I know how old he's? He's 17 months tomorrow. Wow, beautiful. And he's super, super cute. It's like the same exact age as my uh, my youngest. Really? Yeah. When's uh? What's uh? The date? Um, God, I'm so bad at this stuff. August 27th. Yeah, yours is almost 18 months, by the way. I don't. I don't even know. I know because you're the father. <laughs> it's it's crazy. We we just had this crazy emergency in my house the other day, and they asked me for the birthday of my daughter, and I was just like, I I don't know. It's really bad. <laughs> it I'm a bad. really bad father. I think at least when it comes to stuff like that, I'm like, I, I, I think you're probably a great father. <laughs> you look like a great father. <laughs> I look like a great father. Thank you. But anyway, so you you know your kid's birthday, and that's good. I do know it. Yeah. Because you know I, my daughter's birthday better than I mean her age better than I. Yeah, because so I know that she's in six days, seven yeah. days. She's going to be eighteen months. The only reason I know, like even knew that, was because my wife had updated me about her age. So I was just like, yeah, she's around. So 
Around the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we could talk about this. This is yeah. fun. <laughs> what a bad father I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because, no. like, you know, I noticed, like, that, like my pictures have kind of been taken over with, like, little baby pictures. I used to take yeah. selfies, and I've never, I haven't taken a selfie in a long time. And I, yeah. you know, and I used to talk about other things, yeah. you know. And now I talk about, you know, it's like what he did this morning and yeah. whatever. And uh, so besides that, you know, I also still and... uh a musician, an artist, a creative spirit in the world. Mm. And I think those are the things that I do, if you ask me, doing, you know? Versus what? Being, right? This is, oh, How sorry. do I be? What do I... <laughs> this is, you're perfect for this. All right, so <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, what are you being? Should I ask I you be? that, like when you start, Nick? Yeah, the, what do you be? What do you be? Especially from you know, now that you're in Brooklyn, you, hey, what do you be? <laughs> <laughs> that's, good. that's a good point. <laughs> what do you be? What are you trying to be, or what, what are am you I trying to be? Oh gosh, balance. Um, I think I realize how esoteric that question is, and how I do not live an esoteric life anymore mm. on a consistent basis. I have moments. Mm. And they are few and far between, and sometimes they're at 3 a.m. between feedings. But So esoteric, by that you mean like more spiritually connected sort of thing, less practical? Is yeah, like, yeah, just like, you know, going deeply into things that are actually not visible, mm. you know, into right. the unseen, yeah. you know, depths of the... Uh, yeah. I've been struggling with that myself uh, this- recently. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really? Just, so tell me about it. Yeah, this is about me. This it's about you. <laughs> it's your podcast. It's about you. Yeah, then you know. Um, <laughs> no, just this. Uh, it's it's difficult, right? I think the older you get, you have kids, and you start to have a kid. You know, it's like you. you it's hard to rem- to stay conscious of these things, right? Like. Yeah. No, I think especially because I think the, I think we we live our lives in a few different tracks. We have mm-hmm. our like. The things that we do, right? And then we have our dreams. Mm-hmm. Then we, we have this idea of what we should be doing or right. what our ideal picture of how we look to our, ide- to our ideal vision of ourselves. Right. And, um, and then so, you know, there's always that kind, of, that kind of journey that we try to constantly make between how we are and how we're feeling and how we're experiencing our own lives yeah. versus what we think is going to make our life look like the life we've always imagined for ourselves. And of course, you know, even if like we say this thing and that thing and the other thing, of course that thing and that those things don't bring you happiness and, you know, there's always suffering and that's why, uh, that's why you meditate and Mm. pray and help other people. And, you know, right now I think I'm connected to a lot of people's pain. Like I'm just experiencing, Mm. I am in... I'm noticing a lot of pain and suffering and people are going through a lot of sickness and mm, like people around you. Yeah. 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 You know, and uh, you know, as clergy, you just, you, you just hear about it and, mm. and you're part of a community that tries to take care of, of that pain and, um, mm. and, and you collectively pray and yearn for healing. And mm. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm a little tangential. <laughs> You're saying right now? I think a, right now. <laughs> I'm feeling a little tangential. It's very creative of you. you know? um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I feel like there are things that 
I love I love the creative life because everything is everything that you experience can be folded in all your ideas. You know, you walk around, you have ideas, and then they become part of the you know of of like your consciousness map. Yeah, and you see the world is in terms of like what how how you can maybe kind of bring your idea to the world or how you can experience more of your um, projects and visions and collaborations and you know all that stuff like like. Like as you know, uh, the the project that uh, Eden and I did together yeah. called Raza, which is probably the most recent project that I've done. Mm-hmm. So does that feel like that's like one of those things that you've been? That's more of like the dream side of things, like the the, mm. p- the passion project. Yeah, it is a passion project. Right. Um, the two of us, uh, the two of us, had been working on this project for many years. Um, creating these songs where he would he would he would uh give this commentary style rap mm. to these kabbalistic kabbalat shabbat prayers on yeah. friday and wow. then we would uh try them out in fire island synagogue shul and wow. then um and then after a few years we realized we had a project and we then all of a sudden we found out that we were both but both of our families were expecting oh wow um, within a month, and we were like, we have to record this now, because <laughs> right, because <laughs> there's not going to be like afterwards, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and um, so we did. We worked really quickly, and mm. we finished the major part of the recording process. I think in August, I did my vocals while he was having his mm. his uh, his little boy, um, and I had mine a month later. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. I guess one of the things I find fascinating about what you're saying is that you feel like there's a certain discrepancy, I guess, between like the the being and the doing. I guess yeah. when it comes to being an artist and or just a person, I guess. Yeah. But what I, I would find really fascinating is that I think for me, like I know that I, I could I could see what you're saying, but I also could see why some people might be like, but you. Are like dealing in spirituality all day. You work with Romimu, like you're doing, like you work as clergy. You know, like that. So it's interesting that to you, to me, I find it fascinating that you see kind of a, a discrepancy there. You know? Oh, that's a really good. That's a really good point. I think I, I feel like no. I feel that there's a, an enormous amount of spiritual nourishment and mm-hmm. and um, and community um, experience in spiritual experience and I think one of the things that I don't have anymore is a lot of um, unstructured time mm, interesting okay and I think as an artist yeah. and as even as a spiritual being with my own journey that's connected and also disconnected sometimes from a collective journey that happens in community I think it's mm-hmm. both connected and disconnected in the sense that I have my own personal private journey. And then I also have the journey that happens in community and mm. um, together. And the, I think maybe before, maybe like 10 years ago, I, you know, I was working a lot. I toured a lot, but I think I spent a lot of my life in unstructured time. Huh. Um, I spent a lot of my life. I noticed that if I don't have hours and hours of just walking around and just doing nothing, and without having that unstructured time, I think a lot of my creativity, um, it, it comes from nothing. Wow. 
I think my, a lot of creativity comes from nothing. I think like the world came from nothing, you know? Yeah, that's such an interesting way of putting it. I think like... It also comes from chaos, tohu vavo. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I remember reading something by James Baldwin where he was talking about what it means to be an artist, kind of. And he was saying like the essential, his, his argument was that the essential aspect of being an artist is being lonely. And yeah. he meant it in a very positive way, like that the whole thing is like you're an artist, you're kind of, the whole point uh, is kind of being able to look at the world and look at yourself and look at things from like a step removed. Like you're not as caught up, hopefully, in everything so that, you know, in the, uh, and, and you're able then to give like a fresh view of things that helps people tap into their humanity, you know, in a way that, you know, and, I, and, that's, and that's why it's so interesting. I've, I've totally noticed that myself also when I feel like my life is just busy, busy, busy. It's very hard to like be as creative and be able to tap in that deep. And, and very often I notice that even when I am consistently creating, it feels like, I don't know, it's just not as deep, you know? Yeah, no, because you don't have... I think it takes time to go into a zone. Right. It was interesting. I had... Um, I played a concert about a week and a half ago in Northampton mm-hmm. area, Massachusetts. Uh, I got invited by Mount Holyoke University to... to to um, per, you know, to perform this song of songs, share share and project that I'm still working on. I've been working on it for a while, mm. and part of the concept is really kind of translating some of the texts from share share into other romantic languages and also other other languages. Yeah. So it's just not only in Hebrew. That's part of it, and to kind of see where the erotic, what the erotic feels like mm. in these other languages using the. Certain translations, I really enjoy Marsha Falk's translation mm-hmm. um, and working from then translations to retranslate it into other languages and just see where, what happens with that. Mm-hmm. And I also was invited to play a service in, and four communities got together and I was leading services and I was playing with musicians and some are more professional and some mm-hmm. are more lay musicians, but it was a, an amazing group of people who were um, playing music with me for the prayer service and like just irrespective of their actual you know skill sets there was something to the quality of their playing Mm. that felt that their playing had more time around it (laughs) like they had more time to putter with their (laughs) instruments I feel like when you're in New York like everyone's such a good musician but there's a quality of puttering around that people don't have so much when I'm (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like amazing musicians, amazing, the best, the best, the best, but there's less of the puttering energy in the playing. And I could hardly, I can't really, I'm not sure if that's like a very articulate way of saying anything. There's just something about it. <laughs> said something. I said something. I, said something. <laughs> I actually thought it was great. I mean, it's really interesting. Um, there's so, Yeah, New York is fascinating in that sense, I think, like, because... My creativity didn't flourish, I think, for a lot of reasons. It wasn't it just doesn't, New York, doesn't. but it didn't until I moved to Crown Heights. But um, do you think it's because of? Did you move to the Jewish side of Crown Heights or the? Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Um, do you feel like it's the the Lubavitch spirit? Um, I think there were reasons that I was blocked before then, um, but I do think there's something powerful about being in New York that brings out like almost a needed expression. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's so in, intense and strong like that. 
kind of have to say something. I don't know. That's how I felt as a writer. But that's the idealistic way. But there's also like a bunch of practical stuff. But like on the idealistic level, I do think, you know, and then I think after that, once I started to really write more, I realized like then there was like the angst of being the disillusioned guy who had moved to Kronheitz and dealing with that aspect. So I think, and New York, I think is perfect for disillusionment. <laughs> oh my God. You know, so, but all you, but you, I guess what I'm trying to address this idea that you're bringing out, which is that, there's a strength to it. There's also a weakness that we're we're so caught up in it. Um, it's, so yeah. and it's interesting that you talk about, I think it was you said it was Baldwin who was talking about the loneliness. Yeah. And New York is... And New York lonely. is a place, like, you know, even though there's so many people, obviously the irony is, of course, that so many people are so incredibly lonely. Yeah. Um, and um, I, think, I think that I was, I think I spent most of my life incredibly deeply lonely. Mm really deeply lonely. I think it was part of, I had like, I, I suffered from a lot of depression mm. and a lot of angst and, and just, there was just a lot of stuff that took many, many years and many, 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 many sessions and many modalities <laughs> to move through. And, um, where did you grow up? Where did I go? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Bar Park. In Bar, oh, did you grow up uh, from? Yeah. I grew oh, up wow. from in Bar Park. Interesting. Yeah. We have a whole thing to talk about there. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's that you can look up. Everybody, you can just Everybody look that up. Everybody knows this already? Oh, ah, yeah. it's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Just another OTD. Um, you don't seem very OTD to me. I don't. Wait, what does an OTD seem like? It's a good, that's a good question. I love that. It was interesting. I went to, I spoke with someone. <laughs> <that> was on. <laughs> if I talk like this. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's like stereotypes. No, you're so right. I shouldn't have even said that, right? No, you're right. No, no, but tell me, like, what does an OTD seem like? No, what I meant was I think that OTD tends to imply that you've cut yourself off from religion completely. Like that. I so don't see it that way, but it's, um, I think that there are a lot of people who have and who did cut it off that way. Right. I think there are tons of OTDs that, OTDers, OTDites. <laughs> OT- <laughs> yeah. Um, that that are actually reinvent their experience of Judaism through yeah. the through the new life that they choose. Yeah. I really appreciate you catching me on that. That was like that's really true. Um, no, but I but I you know, but then if like you, you know, you see us all hanging out together at Chelan, you know, then we yeah. all blend in. Were you were you um part of like Saul's uh Saul Sudan's uh is punk Jews thing? Um, yeah, yeah I think we did. I mean, I was connected to a lot, um, to yeah. Elki also, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, and, and so that was, that was it, kind of his point, right? Was that people are like rebuilding their experience uh, in Judaism? Yeah, 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 definitely, That's definitely. Cool. I mean, I wasn't in. I loved the movie. I, I thought it was fantastic. Right. I enjoyed it so much. Um, yeah, I think. And and people are able to find ways of. I, I find that this what well, there's two like in terms of musicians who come from. I find it so interesting. I think there are some people who come from orthodox backgrounds, mm-hmm. and then when their music comes out, it's like you see that they had a whole secret world where they were like really blues guitarists or, or they were like soul singers gospel and like a very American idiom, you know. Mm. So when they sing and they perform or they're musicians, like in the music world, a lot of OTDers or like punk or thrash, you know? Yeah. And they really, it seems like they've 
they had this somehow secret musical life <laughs> that at you know ten, you know in um uh at the same time as their Jewish life and then when they become creative artists like they're doing that but I feel like it's so interesting because for me mostly my musical life was very connected to my orthodox background so like my music is very rooted mm. in like a bunch of girls sitting on tables and singing in like million part harmonies you know wow. so that's in some ways the anchor of my music yeah it's incredibly incredibly jewish yeah <laughs> incredibly jewish so I, I mean as while i integrate a lot of like folk and rock and world music influences i think at the core at the at the heart there's so how do you balance that like I guess on a personal level, like that feeling of like, I don't know. I actually don't know like mm-hmm. the story, which I guess everyone knows, which I apologize for. But you could did. totally Google it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Should we just stop? No, I'm just kidding. Just stop. <laughs> just stop talking. We just Google. <laughs> everyone just hang up. No, but <laughs> but uh, like, I'm curious, I guess, how there must be some tension there as well, right? Because like you found a different community, found a different way of expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. And yet, like you're saying, like there's that. Like and and I have seen what you're describing as well. Like that kind of there's the people who go through the cycle, and then there's these guys that just are like incredible transmitters of, you know, these this music that like I remember it was Yossi Weinberger, I think is his name, mm-hmm. the guy, the guy who was in one of us for like a moment, but he sang that beautiful song. Um, I'm trying to remember it now, but like anyway, and his music is like also kind of like that, like very rooted in where he came from. And but I, I I'm curious how you manage that in the sense of. I feel like less management. I feel like mm. there's how I describe it is I think that it's all there. There's mm. the the foundation of what what I experienced as a as a child and it's all inside me and I think all my experiences are inside me. Mm. And I think it it just comes out. I don't really intentionally try to do anything, but when I write music, I think they all that everything kind of comes out in some sort of balance by itself. Mm. Like as a sieve, like I'm a sieve. So all that stuff come in there and then just like <laughs> whatever comes down from the bottom yeah. is just a... Uh... It sounds very healthy to me, I guess, like that you just see it as just a part of who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea that, it be, that, that it's healthy. It feels good. I guess then I wonder, then the other side of it is then so... What made you feel like, uh, like, you know, I've heard so many amazing things about Romamu, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, what attracted you then to a different, like, uh, approach and a different expression of your Judaism, but also of your art? It's so interesting. I think it's all tied up together. It's like tachlis and, uh, and art and spirit, and there's so many things in that question. Um. I think there was a period in my life, um, probably like seven, eight years ago, where I realized that I really wanted to have a child and my relationships weren't really working out in the way that I wanted them to. And I really saw myself as wanting to bring a child into the world and seeing how can I practically do that with the career that I already had, which was as a Jewish musician, touring and performing and creating. And it was a very, and, and I also, I also at the time did have a few, um, a few, Places that I played services at, I played at BJ regularly, and I what's BJ? Benay Jeshrin on oh, the okay. West Side. Yeah, yeah. So I was a percussionist. So I had, so, and I was at um, at uh, Brotherhood Synagogue. I was doing a little, you know, kids education on Shabbos. 
But in terms of thinking about what was the next step, how was I going to create a lifestyle for myself that wasn't dependent on on a freelance income? Mm. I was thinking about either becoming a social worker or a chazanit, or as, you know, as yeah. some people like to call me a chazanista. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, you know, but I don't think you know. I don't think they would like that kind of thing on my letterhead or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. <laughs> I don't know how they spell it, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how it translates in with using Hebrew word, Hebrew letters. Um, so, um, so I, you know, I did some research and I ended up choosing the path of becoming a cantor and, mm. and spending four years training at Aleph, um, which is a renewal program. Yeah. And I, you know, it seemed like very, I mean, it was a very music-based prayer. It was prayer that was less interested in getting as many words into a f- into a particular part of the davening and really making the davening like the, you know opening up the words that you do say, maybe fewer words, but opening those words up and fa- falling falling more deeply into those words and getting more connected through music and finding a zone and finding the spiritual kind of you know, center. And, and so that just felt very natural because I think in some ways musically, I'm, I feel the same way. I feel like as a, as a musician, I tend to be like a musician who's a little bit like a prayer leader, Mm. like a prayer, someone who's involved, who enjoys the collective sound of prayer together or song together. So even when I did concerts, I always love when people sang along at, at least one or two parts of the song, even though my Music is so not really sing-alongable. It's like kind of weird. But um, <laughs> but when there are parts that are sing along, I love the sound of everybody singing together. That's like my favorite moments of any concert or of any, any, if the sound of everyone singing together. And I think that, you know, conversely, when I'm in prayer, there are probably parts of me that are also like performative, like there's like, or, or, or you know, accessing that part of me that, that that does I think they're both kind of connected in me in some kind of way. So I think that each each uh each place that I am in informs the other. And wow. That's really cool. I so you feel so. like you've grown like creatively from being a cantor or a ca- cantonista? Canton- <laughs> I like that cantonista. It's also good. Cantonista. Cantonista. Cantarista. Cantarista. By the end of this, we're going to have an official title for you. Yeah, thank you. you. Cantor- <laughs> well, cantarista is the English version of cantonista. Love it. Cantarista. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the work that I do with Eden specifically mm-hmm. really came out of being in in the environment of prayer. Wow. The fact that I was I was I was uh, I was putting together prayer services every Friday night. Yeah, that was what I was doing already. You know, kind of said, well, how do we open this up and really make it even like an artistic form? You mm-hmm. know, as well as a prayer experience, but an artistic form that kind of integrates, like you know, Torah Torah study and and mm-hmm. prayer and. And and hit bodedut and like that that freestyle experience of how do you access your own personal journey within the collective prayer, mm. and I think that's uh, I think that that's what Eden does so beautifully. And so we did so uh, the, our project Raza is a Kabbalat Shabbat, an actual Kabbalat Shabbat 
with rap. And our next project, which we're really, really, really excited about, um, is going to be a collaboration working on the different teachings of Nachman of Bratislav. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I, I have, I, I don't, I have this weird thing. Like I really appreciate and love music, but I like don't get it because I'm a writer. I don't know. I, I'm like such a, I don't know if I'm such a writer, but I'm definitely not musical uh -huh. in so many ways. Or I don't like, like for example, like if a bring when everyone starts singing, I just, I just don't sing. I just sit there. And what about, you should just bang on the table. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, just bang on the table. Forget about singing. Just bang on the table. See actually, what that's a good call. Yeah, I, I, but, but my point is also just I, that I'm my. I guess I'm, I'm, I am amazed that people find so much spirituality within music. Like as much as I, in theory, I can maybe intellectually get it, but like I don't really get it. And I, and I, and I hear it so much about how music. Like, what do you, what do you think is that connection there? That like makes music specifically i don't i don't think writing comes even close like from what i've seen in terms of the way people react experientially i don't know, you know? if i agree with that i okay. think i've had incredible experiences reading like uh -huh. you know it depends on where you are like i'm on a cliff in the mountains overlooking the ocean oh wow on wow. um, you know and reading like and then and then you know i think the same thing happens it depends on what your medium is i think it sometimes happens with nature it sometimes happens with writing with poetry it's like where you are in a particular place where there is some spaciousness mm -hmm. in yourself and you start to realize this, the spaciousness in whatever you're you're encountering right you know and then all of a sudden whatever's happening there's like all that that energy i feel like you can see kind of a vibration mm. and an energy happening and then you start having insights so you're having a relationship with whatever is happening around you, whether it's the words on a page or a poem, mm -hmm. like something opens up inside you and you start having insight into something that you didn't see before. Like you're seeing beyond what you're, yeah. you're and, and, and I think with music, it opens sort of an emotional channel. I think a, right. um, a feeling place. Like I remember even, you know, when I was listening to English radio on the sly, you know, and all these songs would sing about these experiences as a teenager that I would have that, I mean, all the music, you know, the, all the, all the Jewish songs that I grew up singing were beautiful and I had an, a texture to the emotional of the melody, but I didn't have lyrics because I couldn't get as deeply into those lyrics, like, like Hebraic, you know, like old Hebrew and prayer Hebrew, which is beautiful, but it's like, I didn't have as much access to that. Yeah. To that level of language, so I think the um, the words. I don't know for you as a writer. Do you find sometimes when you hear lyrics, does that definitely? I mean, when I get the lyrics, I think it makes a big difference. But in general, like also like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess my point is more. I guess I'm curious where you personally like see the connection between spirituality and music. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I let me give you an example. Like okay. I, when you go to a concert like there's I I, I can't imagine a, a situation in which like a hundred thousand people or whatever would go to hear a person like read poetry or something read an essay you know what I'm saying or um but you can imagine a situation where like a stadium is full of people there to hear music and the experience is incredibly powerful like one thing that I actually do really feel like I've connected with is like dance mm -hmm. I love to dance and and I was at a protest like a year ago after Charlottesville and I remember it being uh, one, I remember really being, I happened to be next to, apologies if I already said this on the podcast before, but like basically 
I happened to be standing next to this guy who was drumming. And he brought like a snare drum or whatever. And then this guy with a trumpet joined him. And then this person with a, uh, with uh, what's it called? A uh, clarinet joined them. And, th- and then it became like this whole band. And I happened to be standing there. So I happened to get really into the dancing. And I remember because it was such a painful, you know, day, uh, I remember just that experience of like exhilaration and, and connection. I remember at the very end, like everyone let out this like really loud yell, like that was next, like the whole crowd. It was like, they had, by that time I had packed Fifth Avenue. So, by, and everyone was hearing the music. And, and so anyway, my point being that it felt, I was blown away about how spiritual it felt to me because it wasn't, it wasn't a, necessarily a spiritual, I mean, it wasn't overtly spiritual, but like, and the same thing like at a concert that people are going there and they're experiencing this. Seems like you're answering your own question. No, I'm, I know, but the point is I don't understand the mechanics is, is what I'm trying to I say. I think it's because it's like there I are no it. mechanics. It's not a mechanical thing. Oh, this thing. is such a music, musician answer. I love that. You, know, it's not, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you are the mechanic. What is, see, I'm a writer. I want to put it into words what you're saying. Like, like, what does that mean? Right. And I think that's the problem is that it's <laughs> really hard to articulate that. I mean, I realize right. like... As a musician, sometimes I find like I ask, you know, you you, you, ha- you try to have conversations about mm. these really, really difficult things to really express. Right, right. I think there's something that you know you you get so filled up, mm. and and for me, I think maybe sometimes where I feel the most articulate is in melodies. You know, where I mm. I find myself writing a melody, and then all of a sudden I feel like, oh my gosh, that totally expresses how I feel. Mm. Or I can, or it's my friend. Like I can really like, you know, it, 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 it staves off that loneliness that we were talking about with Baldwin. You know, it's, mm. you know, I think that loneliness is at once something that makes you search, seek, seek out something that's going to, that's going to like give you, you know, calm you down, feel like you have a friend, feel like you have connection. You know, yeah. I think because loneliness is about this connection. <clears throat> yeah. So I think, you know, when you... When you let's say sit down with an instrument and you play something over and over again and you get into a zone, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a connection. You're creating you're creating something that's bigger than just you and that instrument. You get into a zone and all of a sudden it it it's like a vessel. It it's able to hold you, the instrument, and sort of your feelings and your ability to express them and somehow this insight that happens through just creating this spaciousness. And all of a sudden you're able to feel, you're able to think, you're able to, there's slow, time slows down. Maybe it also accelerates, but time isn't the same. Mm. And then, and I think those, those are some of the same experiences that people have in prayer and some of those are the same experiences mm. that people have in nature and also in reading certain things that I had such a funny experience and I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm, just I wish recently. we had video to go with this uh, so people could see your expression. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So this is a little bit off topic. I felt like I was on a thread and now I'm on a different thread. Well, I have insomnia, right? Me too. You do? Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. So I had this really fun, I have this incredible, she's not really a babysitter. She's this mm. a Romamu uh, member who became really good friends with my baby. Mm. And they are like... L- legitimately in their own relationship, (laughs) you know, like friendship thing that, you know, and she helps me out so much and he loves her and she loves him. And, um, and one time we had, um, somebody come and 
it was beautiful, beautiful discussion, um, theology discussions at Romu and um, the rabbi, she couldn't make it because she was watching my baby. So she watched um, a live stream and it, after trying to put him to sleep, it was the only thing that put him to sleep. Wow. And I had that in my head. And so I started doing that. I started to put on theology YouTubes. About just, you know, so I realized, like, you know, the only thing that can put me to sleep is God. You know, I was like, this is, God is always the answer. Wow. And so conversations about God on YouTube, I'm telling you, I want you to try it. Wow. That's really cool. It really is cool. That's really interesting. It's really cool. And then you go to sleep with, like, theology, and then, like, it's really interesting, then all of a sudden you're asleep. Hmm. What do you think it is that's doing that? Speaking of mechanics. I don't know. This is this is. I mean, it's probably. I have no idea because when I. I mean, I, I don't know how I even got on this. I don't know why I even thought of this, but um. <laughs> well, because like when I watch Colbert and Seth Meyers, right. and it's like a stream one to the other, John Oliver. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I go to, like YouTube before I go to sleep. Like right. it's like my like the way I calm down, the way. But it doesn't calm me down. It it it, it gets me all riled up, even though it's funny. Right. It riles me up. Right. That this is our. This is the this is the state of our world right now. Yeah, and so it's interesting. Just like I guess it's, with God, it's like a, rem- a reminder that, like, I don't know if this is actually what you think, but just the reminder that there's something even greater than all these the things we're getting caught up in. You know, like that there's a world beyond it. I think it's less spiritual. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that the nature of theology mm. is sonorous. Oh, wow. I think it's like, it's so interesting if like it's in the morning or during the day, but if it's like what you listen to before you go to sleep mm. and it could kind of help you get into that sort of pre-sleep zone and then it puts you in, you know, and I'm, I'm wondering if I'm kind of integrating that, those teachings into my... <laughs> right, like what's it called, the... And you, the idea like that when you're like uh, subliminal yeah. learning, right? Um, do you think like, so by sonorous, you mean like, um, like there's a song quality to it? Is that what you mean? Or sleep, sleepy mm. and songy and. Right. So is, to go back, because I. Okay, connected. let's go back. You know, no, no, connect. no, it's all connected. Because I, the, the, I think what I think, I feel like I see a connection maybe between what you're saying is like that. You know, I'm trying to put words to it, right, about music and all these things. And you're saying, like, no, the whole point of it, I think, what you're saying is that it's not about words with music. Like, it's it's beyond that. And that's part of what allows that experience of God or spirituality, you know, in those moments. And and I feel like that's also maybe what you're saying about sleep. Right. Um, it's beyond words. But it's interesting, as a lyricist sometimes, so I haven't written in English in so many years, but I have right. also have been a lyricist. Uh-huh. And, and... Someone who writes songs also, then it's about the words, but it's about the words being beyond the words themselves. Right. Wow. So it's almost the word. So, so even when you write about words yeah. in songwriting, I think the words have to be beyond the actual words. It can't be so, you never, it's, and, and that's why it's so interesting when people say, I wonder what that song is about. It's in English. <laughs> you hear the lyrics, you know, and it's, it's because I think the words, when they're written really beautifully and they're written from that place mm. of, of that, you know, that space that we're talking about, 
I think the words become about beyond the words there themselves. I feel like that a lot with Bob Dylan. Like, like sometimes you're like, well, I don't know what the hell he's saying, but I get it. You know, like I get it. <laughs> I kind of like I I don't know what he's saying, and I don't get it, but I get I get that I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting because I guess I that, feel something. You know, it's like it's about right. feeling something. Right. There's something there, like you just know that you. Wherever he came from when he wrote that, like, you're just like, I was there at some point in my life. You know, like, I feel it. And you tap into that. Yeah. And I think that's the experience that I think makes a lot of artists want to be artists. Right. For myself. I was like, the ability to have that emotional experience with a song and to have it let me sit in that feeling for three minutes long or whatever, five minutes long, however long the song is, it really, like, held me. Like, those songs and those experiences held me. And I would have to just sit in that emotion while the song was going on. It would, I, it would right. be relentless. Right. There's some songs and some music that would just relentlessly hold me in a particular feeling or emotional space. Right. And, I, and as much as it was painful sometimes, I wanted to have that ability to create that kind of space for other people with my experiences. Totally, right. It's interesting. When I write, I always, almost always play like the same music. There's like a few artists and a few albums, but like that I tend to cycle through. But even, even when I'm cycling, like it tends to be one album that I'm listening to for a long time, like for months on end that I'm listening to every time I write. What are you listening um, to now? Iron and Wine. Um, I'm trying to remember which album it is, but do you know Iron and Wine? It sounds so familiar. Um, this is, here, I could play you something. Let's see here. <laughs> okay, great. Should we I have a, a music break that's not about... <laughs> Should I not play it? No, play it. I want to hear it. So this is what I usually listen to when I write. These days, at least. So it's interesting because it depends on my mood, too. But like in these days, I've been trying to be in a more... Um, what's the right word? Like thoughtful as opposed to passionate like state of mind when I'm writing. So, you know... It's, Beautiful. I know. I love. I love. I'm like obsessed with iron wine. But uh, it's funny. Matthew Roth. You know, like he always yes. jokes about it because whenever we hang out, he's like, "What music you want to play?" I'm like, "Iron wine." <laughs> <laughs> Just like it's like what I want to listen to. Um, but uh, but anyway, what was I saying? So, why? Oh yeah. So I was saying like, I, it's like it's funny because even when I'm writing, I want to get into that headspace of like the beyond words sort of experience. You know? Right. So you know exactly what I'm saying. I guess. <laughs> But I want it. It's it's what ironic. Like I want to put words into. It's also funny because I was I was saying to John Madoff when he was on here uh-huh. recently. Like I was telling him, like I don't get. I not only do I not get music. I don't get musicians. Like I don't. Like I don't get when you're like 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 you're saying these things about like oh beyond words and like I get it. But I'm also like no. But I want to. I still want to put it into words. You know. The thing right. That we I don't put get my. Words. I think musicians. We don't get ourselves either. <laughs> nobody yeah. and nobody gets us. You right. know. We're just like we're just like a really like. 
disheveled breed. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not was, all of us. There's some, some are organized musicians, but, um. Right. No, but that's so true. I remember like, it's so hard for me to book musicians for Avria <laughs> cast. Like I have so many more like other kinds of artists because it's very hard to book musicians. They're always like, like late. They'll, they're late or they're like, they'll be like, yeah, we're totally going to do it. And then I'll like a month later, I'll realize like, oh, I never got an email back from them. <laughs> like I'll just, you know, <laughs> it's like, it always cracks me up. Like I'm, I'm, uh, and I think it's actually beautiful. It's like they're they're from. I, I see it as them living on some like ethereal plane, you know, that's a little bit removed in a good way, like from from reality. And know? that's kind of what I'm talking about, like, but you know, circling back to the beginning, right? The being. Thing, I'm right. less in that ethereal plane right now. Right, right. You know, I'm I'm much more anchored. Mm. Um, oh, you have a voice. Oh, you have a voice, right? <laughs> that you should be anchored. <laughs> I have a voice that I should be anchored. A lot, well, I'm more anchored than I've ever been. You know, I think as somebody who's right. um, somebody who has steady, steady work. You know, I, it's weird to call it work, but you know, but steady voc. What do, what do I call it? Um, Steady. <laughs> you have steady. a job. I have don't a know. J- I mean, the word "job" is such a like a, like a like a very clinical word. I know, right? Um, yeah, no, like I have steady, and I have. <laughs> I love that. I have steadiness. I have, and I have, have a kind of a little boy who's, who's becoming steadier and steadier, and he's doing mm-hmm. his wobble, but he's definitely, you know, mm-hmm. he's moving through the world, moving up, and. <laughs> Yeah, no, it anchors me. It anchors me. And I also have, like, connection. I'm with him and mm. connecting and... Right, that's like, it's almost impossible to be truly lonely when you're a parent, I think. It's... I think sometimes people as parents, sometimes parents, I think, feel lonely in their right. parenting. And I think there are moments like that for sure. Mm. And there are, but but I think as a whole for me, right. it's just like from the moment right. I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, five, right. <laughs> you know, like... Good morning, baby. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. That's so. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean more like, yeah, you're never alone. Like, right. you know, you have, a, and when you need to take time off, in a way, you're actually like, if you're going on vacation, you're gonna take your child. Oh, with you vacation like, is a whole different thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. I realized what was it? Um, I was telling my wife like, like when you have kids, like vacation, it goes from. Like a vacation to a trip, you know, they're two very different things. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. But. And and a baby came. Uh, me and a friend of mine, Laura, who who's also at BJ. Uh, sorry, sorry, at Roman, who have no brain. I would blame everything on having no brain. It's cool. And, well, you're uh, a musician, right? So yeah, no, I have no brain. I'm no brain. <laughs> so she and I, she has a baby too, Kenai Nahara, who's around the same age, and we're taking a vacation about a week and a half. Oh. So does that mean you're Florida? taking a vacation away from your babies or with, no, with your babies? No, with our babies. Wow. Which is, right, a vacation is like paradoxical, oxymoronic. It's right. like, but it's it's good because it's, it's, a, it's a specified amount of time right. that we don't worry about work. We don't worry about work and we just spend time with our kids in like sort of right. a less pressurized place in Florida. We're going and go to the beach and, yeah. you know, run around and so. How interesting. We have like layers of busyness we have to move past you know what i'm saying like so you have the kids but you also have work and you have this so you have to strip away the layers strip away yeah so how do you think that that i mean i think we've touched on it but i'm curious if you've seen it actually like literally affect your art being more anchored you know in uh good and or whatever way like do you feel like 
Um, at this, de definitely the idea of time, <clears throat> having less time because it's a very, time is a very different thing for me right now. Mm -hmm. I have not in the last 17 months been as a creative being. I've been able to produce and play some concerts and, and stuff like that. I think within my work, mm -hmm. I have space for creativity and creating services and ex service experiences. And sometimes some kind like poetry, sometimes poetry is a shorter form for me than a, than a song. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think um, I haven't really revisited my creativity through the, through being a mother. You haven't? Yet. Not yet. Oh, I see. So you haven't, yeah. I mean, I guess he's only 17 months. He's only still, 17 months. You're still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like my, my theory is like just the first two years, you're just trying to survive. And then after that, you kind of, things like kind of normalize a little bit. But. Right. And then you just look at other parts of your life again and say, well, how do yeah. I bring some of that back? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. Okay. Do you feel like I'm like, I mean, I would imagine, like, I know that for my wife, uh, Rivka, she, you know, for the first few years after we had kids, like all her art was about being a mother. Like she was just like, just, it was just what was on her, like the front of her mind all the time. So right. she was, um, so I imagine that in some way it'll affect, not that, uh, not necessarily. I, you know, that I, I like now I realize I, um, I have some songs, but they're kind of like really, like I sang, a, like I write songs about my baby's name and then I write, mm. like it's all really silly stuff and I wouldn't say it's art. Really? No, it's definitely not art. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's like booby all the time, booby all the time, ooby dooby looby scooby dooby all the time, booby all the time, booby all the time, ooby dooby looby scooby dooby all the time. Wow. I mean, really like that. That sounds, I love that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. I think that's 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 the stuff that's coming out of me that's like not It's so funny. It's definitely, you know, less melodic. But there's like you know, it's it's interesting. I I think it's also less uh overthought kind of, right? There's, there's, I there's no thinking there's, <laughs> there's or no lack of thought. <laughs> zero thought. <laughs> but that's but that's what's funny about that is that you're saying though that's part of music, right? Is that yeah. beyond words and all that beyond stuff. Beyond so thought. Yeah. Uh -huh. I just feel like there's, there is, I feel like very often as artists, my, my, my feeling is that we tend to undervalue the experience of, of, because we're so busy when we have kids, like it's hard to value that there is something that we get that you can't have without kids as artists. I totally believe that. Yeah. I think it's, I think, and I think, I, okay, I, I think there's something that happens when you have kids that you don't have when you don't. It's just from having the kids. And yet I'm always so careful mm. and I'm nervous about saying things like that just out of um, compassion for people who are really trying to have a child oh, and who can't yeah. or struggling or in that space of like, you know, I was in that space for so many years, six years. And so that just that place of desiring and yearning and wanting, or if you've made peace that you don't want a child, but yet. You know, right, and then you're hearing people oh, talk about it in yeah. ways that feels like elitist right. in some kind of way. And I, I feel like it's just a way of living in the world. And you can live with children and you can live without children and you can live with a pair with a with a with a with a partner, or you can live without a partner like I am right now, and that's hopefully not forever. Mm. But I'm just saying there's so many different ways of being back to being. 
Yeah. And doing your beingness <laughs> and being your doingness. Yeah. In the world that I feel like it's hard to 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 value judge that, you know, just because it's Right. And yet, and yet there's something that happens when you're a parent. Right. That is that is access when you're not that's not access when you're not a parent. It's a different thing. Right. And yet, <laughs> and yet, I think even if you're not a parent, I think there's some kinds of relationships that you can have in the world. Um, sometimes it's caretaking relationships, some kinds of friendships, some kinds of intimate relationships that in some ways For sure. gives you that quality of somehow, or um, even having a pet. Or right. Anything. I mean, and also just, I mean, being older is itself an experience. Like everything is a unique experience. You yeah. Know? So the question is, you know, that... We're all gaining something from our experiences. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's that's you know? the that's the hope. Or everything is nothing. And <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's another option. Yeah, that's another. No, no, no. I mean, I think that's you know, just as I know, I know that we're probably closer to the end. Um, and we still have another uh, two hours. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you haven't heard this before. Poor so you doing, guys. <laughs> this is a three-hour podcast. <laughs> We're very unique. Well, um, we have one listener. It's my mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, Elad's mom. Where That's do you it. live, Elad's mom? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's listening right now. <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> she's insane. We're not live, she's, right? She, Are she, we live? We're not live. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to love this part, though, because she does listen to all of them. So, uh, she is she like really the only listener? <laughs> <laughs> she's literally the only... <laughs> That's yeah. That's what I don't think anybody else has gotten is going to get to this. You point. don't think so? I don't think so. You think that we've we've. Uh, I don't, who listens? To, I mean, I, I you know things. I've never made yeah. it to the podcast world. Yeah. Like I somehow never transitioned to you know. So I'm just like getting. Wow, yeah. I'm on a podcast. I should actually start listening. It's, to it's actually weird uh, because you're putting this thing out. I also feel like no one listens, right? And I do it. <laughs> I do it regularly. Every hopefully every week and. It's actually fascinating because then I start to hear from people like, oh, I love that podcast. I love this one. And, um, you know, like, and, and I'm like, wow, you actually listened to that podcast? Like, because it's, it's almost surprising to me. It reminds me of like when I first started writing. I was like, you read that? Um, but people do, apparently. Right. I don't know. Besides my mom. That's She's great. not the only one that says that. So it's very interesting, I think, because we are, we're so used to, um, what's it called, like mainstream Stuff like you assume if you're on the radio, a lot of people are listening. Right? Yeah. You assume that if you got uh, if you're in a publication, that people are reading. It. But like we're seeing today, you know, maybe in a negative way, but we're seeing today how you know it can be non-mainstream, and, and you can you and me might not even know of such publications yet. They have humongous influence over right. so many people, you know, and that sort of thing. And I think podcasts are very much like that because they feel if you're not in that world, they're so off the radar kind of they feel you know and yet they can have incredible influence incredible power it's it's, it's fascinating because i think about it like if someone reads one of my articles it takes them what five ten minutes 15 right. minutes like um if they're listening to a podcast it means they listened for an hour like i value when someone tells me they listen for an hour it's crazy Yes, I'm yeah. so grateful to all of you whoever's left <laughs> my mom <laughs> besides the last mom <laughs> I'm really grateful. I know that yeah. I, I, you tell me, you know, just because I, you know, I've been in a little bit of a bubble. I was just like, wow, people are really listening. I feel like I wish, I hope I said something that was, that was worth your time. Yeah. We're not going to publish this one. <laughs> 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 the 
case you were worried about people listening. I was like, <laughs> I know. It's like, I, I feel like I worry both ways. Like I worry that people are going to listen. Right, right. And I worry that people aren't going to listen. That's a, I mean, that's so classic artist, I think, right? Like on the one hand, you're just like, you just want your stuff to be really popular. But then if it, you're very worried about it being popular too, because then everyone's going to judge you. you right. Know, like, the judging thing is so extremely, extremely painful. And, and yet we are all judged every minute of every day. And, and that's just... Yeah. The way it is, and wow, wow, that's 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 intense. It's a good way to, to wrap up the podcast. Ra- Talk about how we're podcast. being judged every second. Yeah, you know, I I just want to I just I want you guys to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is I think one of my first podcasts. So, well, one of the other things that's cool about podcasts, I feel like, is like with an article uh-huh. because I, this is what I do a lot. So essays, whatever, people are reactive. They're angry. They they're ready to comment, but when what I love about podcasts is it creates a situation where people are kind of forced to be in a listening environment, like in a, like a conversation, like they're experiencing right. the conversation almost as if they're part of the conversation. Right. Um, Except we don't hear yet. We don't hear you guys. We don't hear you. <laughs> like all those comments that you're making that you're like. Right. But on the other hand, I think what they like is, the, or what I like when I listen to a podcast is the experience of like. I'm just listening to people that I really in, enjoy listening to. And so right. it's not that immediate, re- like, I, I want to make comment. It's more like, I want to listen. And right. I think that that's something we're missing today, big time. You yeah. Know, this feeling of, of listening to each other. You know, we're, we're, social media has created a situation where we're talking to each other. And conversations and also. Listening. It's like, we don't have conversations. We have tweets and texts. and Right. And we have, like, declarative statements. Like, we have, like, this is how it is and... And so that's how we create so much conflict and whatever, because we're we're constantly living in a world where everyone's making a statement, but no right. one's hearing anyone. You know, right. um, I think so. art in general, art specifically, I think is lives in a lot of places of uncertainty. Right, like it comes from a place of wanting to make meaning or make sense of of your experience or what you see yeah. around you in the world or what you're experiencing, and and there's a lot of uncertainty, so it's less declarative. Yeah. It's yeah. less declarative. It's so that's what we kind of did. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Thank you. We, we were s- very confused for most of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we were hopefully very confuse everybody. Else. No, it was great. It was I'm great. Thank sure you so much. I, I want everything to be great. I, you know, I just like want. I want to please everybody. I'm like a people please. I want everyone to be happy. Yeah. I just want everyone. I want you all to be so happy. And I want. <laughs> I feel like this is, uh, just, I love this. No, it's just I, I feel like I'm getting a. Feeling of being a Roman, kind of like uh, <laughs> I want you all to I be don't happy. Think, no, 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 no. I don't think that that that's our mission. Is like no, no, but just that because you said it. No, at first it sounded selfish, but then it sounded like like that you just want people to be happy, which I thought was really. I think beautiful. it's both. I think it's a yeah. combination of selfish right. and selflessness. Right. There's a the part of me that just wants everyone to like me, and so there's like right. So I just want everyone to be happy and like me, and then I also really just like everybody to be happy, just right. in their lives that they should feel not so much pain. Mm-hmm. They should just have fulfillment and ease and comfort and and good things all good things all good things amen 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 all right thank you so much you're welcome so good to have (laughs) thank you for listening to Hivria Cast I'm Aladna Harai if you'd like to hear more and read more of our work you can follow us by going to hivria.com or facebook.com slash Mag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, 
And the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Kal, kal, ad, kal,